Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today. And discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or give them a call at 877-646-5347. Again, that number is 877-646-5347. Today is April 26th, 2021, and our first story. A state of emergency has been declared in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, as we await the release of body camera footage in another officer-involved shooting. There are fears that more Black Lives Matter riots will erupt, and we can see that this is destabilizing this country. Even in small towns, people are rioting, and it won't stop. Police are resigning in mass, and crime is skyrocketing. And now in France, they're warning that all of this leftist dogma could result in civil war in France. Due to similar reason, 20 retired generals have warned the French president this could happen, and we might see something similar. Our next story, Portland extended a state of emergency for very similar reasons, Black Lives Matter riots. And in our last story, the ramifications of a weakening of our criminal justice system. A district attorney in San Francisco failed to charge a domestic abuser who went on to murder a baby. Before we get started, if you like this show, please leave us a good review and give us five stars. And if you really like the show, please share it with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. A state of emergency has been declared in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, following another officer-involved shooting. We are currently awaiting the release of body camera footage, which has been delayed. But there are fears. Once the footage comes out, Black Lives Matter will engage in more riots. Now, many people on the right are hoping that body camera footage will exonerate the officers or at least give us a clear picture of what happened so that we can have actual accountability. But really, it doesn't matter. Even in a clear cut case like the shooting of Micaiah Bryant, where the young woman was wielding a knife and about to stab another woman, the left was still outraged. They still engaged in rioting. They still said the officers were wrong. And they took the extreme approach that teenagers should be allowed to have night fights. I'm not exaggerating. It's that insane. We are seeing serious destabilization. And every time these local leaders capitulate to the extremists, they just demand more. We've already heard the quotes from the activists saying we will never be satisfied. And the results, police resigning in mass over the past several months, shortages in police departments of new officers, people not wanting to be cops. And thus crime is skyrocketing. Shootings are skyrocketing and death is skyrocketing as it pertains to violent crime. 
It's likely only going to get worse. But the ramifications from all of that, in my opinion, are even scarier. I've long talked about the potential for civil war. People seem to think that civil war will be like the 1800s and you'll have two factions marching at each other, but that's not what it means. It could be more like Syria with the government versus 30 plus different factions fighting for control of various areas. And because we are a large nation, that seems much more likely because there are many different factions of far left and right wing groups. It seems that is more likely. Now, often the left likes to mock me and say, haha, Tim's talking about civil war again. Even after they scream insurrection over January 6th, I point to that and say, hey, I wasn't wrong, was I? But it's not my opinion. Well, I certainly agree with the experts. For the most part, my opinion comes from mainstream news outlets. Right now, we are seeing over in France, 20 generals have written an open letter to Macron saying that due to leftist dogma, France is on the verge of civil war. Now, we're not France. We're very different. France is not as big as the United States, but it is fairly dense. But it does show that this left dogma, whatever the dogma is, is splitting up this country. It does show that in a country as large as we are, there is nothing that can be done to mitigate the anger and unrest and the constant riots. With 330 million people, you have to recognize that there will be bad cops, there will be inexperienced cops, and there will be scared cops. And that means often innocent people will lose their lives. But abolishing the police department and burning down buildings won't change the fact that there will always be a margin of error and failure. Instead, we get endless anger from the far left, suggesting that we must live in a perfect system that we can't live in. And this may result in the tearing apart of this country. Now, some people have suggested a peaceful divorce is the only solution. I'm not entirely convinced you can get one because of the fringe ideologies and the fracturing ideologies of this country. Nobody wants to give up access to wealth and power. They want to wield it. But what happens when all the police are gone? When police eventually resign or the departments are abolished, then we're going to see more people, whether legally or illegally, taking up arms to defend themselves and their communities. And if there are no police to enforce gun laws, then you'll just see more and more armed people saying no. Right now, there's an autonomous zone operating in Minneapolis. Even though Derek Chauvin was convicted, they say we will not leave until the other officers have their trial. And in the meantime, there will still be more police involved shootings. Nothing will ever change that. Sure, you can abolish the police. Then you'll just get more murder like we're already seeing. How could there be anything other than complete societal breakdown if we remain on this track? Well, let's read this story, see what they're saying about this state of emergency. And I want to show you what these generals said in France, because if we don't look to other countries facing similar problems, then we're going to be caught blindsided. And in fact, we may be more foregone than they are. Before we get started, however, head over to TimCast.com to become a member and get access to exclusive members-only segments of the TimCast IRL podcast. Just go to the website, TimCast.com, click that members-only. You can easily become a member and then click the members area, and you will see a bunch of really amazing conversations just for members. We spoke with Michael Knowles of The Daily Wire just last Friday about religion for quite some time. It's like a full bonus episode, so check it out. But don't forget to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Let's read the news. NPR says North Carolina County will blur faces before Andrew Brown Jr.'s family sees video of killing. 
a state of emergency is now in effect in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, where the local sheriff's office is expected to release publicly a deputy's body camera footage from the killing of Andrew Brown Jr. last Wednesday. The city has also closed all of its government offices for the day. Pascatank County, North Carolina Sheriff Tommy Wooten II said over the weekend that his office will ask a court to approve the video's release on Monday. That step is required by North Carolina law agencies as North Carolina law law agencies generally do not have the authority to make such recordings public. Brown's relatives had been scheduled to view the recording at 1130 a.m. Monday before its public release. Their attorneys, Ben Crump, Harry Daniels and Bakari Seller said, but the viewing was postponed after authorities said they needed more time to redact the video, saying they will blur images of some people's faces in the footage. The Brown family's attorney sharply criticized the delay. Speaking at a news conference outside the sheriff's office, Crump said, Sheriff Wooten, you don't need to say no more. Just show the video. Crump also accused the county of using a double standard, saying the authorities released a warrant saying all kinds of things about Andrew Brown, but they want to redact the face of the police officers that killed Andrew Brown. Sheriff's deputies shot and killed Brown, a 42 year old black man, while carrying out search and arrest warrants Wednesday. The warrants related to alleged cocaine and methamphetamine possession and distribution, Carolina Public Press reported. Pascatank County Attorney R. Michael Fox confirmed that the delay stems from editing the video to obscure people's identities. Cox said his office began working to set up a private viewing of the footage immediately after receiving the request Sunday, but he added, the law also allows us to blur some faces on the video, and that process takes time. Now, they're not saying police faces. The family's accusing that. I have to imagine there may be bystanders or maybe some of the other officers involved had nothing to do with the shooting or didn't commit any infractions. I digress. They say his office is still working to get a court order to allow the video's public release. Cox said, as for when Brown's family will see the video, he said, we hope this occurs today, but the actual time will be driven by the completion of the redactions. Earlier, Elizabeth City Mayor Betty Parker had said had said in an emergency declaration issued Monday morning that the video and audio recordings will likely be released in the very near future. City officials realized there may be potentially a period of civil unrest within the city following the public release of the footage. City police also announced downtown road closures around the county courthouse and sheriff's office on Monday, saying the streets are closed for citizens exercising their constitutional right to a peaceful protest. Brown's death immediately resulted in protests in Elizabeth City. Police said over the weekend, the demonstrations had not resulted in property damage or arrests. So far, no riots or arrest, so they say. In addition to seeking court approval to release video footage from the shooting, Wooten also said he asked the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation to confirm that doing so would not undermine its investigation into Brown's death. The AP reported scanner traffic suggests Brown was shot in the back. Quote, recordings of scanner traffic compiled by Broadcastify.com from the morning of the shooting include emergency personnel indicating that Brown was shot in the back. An eyewitness has said that deputies fired shot at Brown as he tried to drive away and a car authorities removed from the scene appeared to have multiple bullet holes and its back windshield shattered. Brown died one day after the conviction of Derek Chauvin, his guilty after he was found guilty. The Elizabeth City mayor is calling for North Carolina to change its laws to streamline the release of footage from officer worn cameras, saying a delay of up to 48 hours should be sufficient. Initial delays about Brown's death are, are tra- uh, initial details about Brown's death are tragic and extremely concerning, North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper said on Friday. He added, 
The body camera footage should be made public as quickly as possible, and the SBI should investigate thoroughly to ensure accountability. Seven sheriff's deputies have since been placed on administrative leave. Three others resigned, though the sheriff's office said the resignations were not related to the shooting. Three deputies resigned, not related to the shooting. I'm not surprised. Police are getting the message. This is the age of social media. It doesn't matter what's true and correct or even reasonable. What matters is the court of public opinion is more powerful than our legal institutions. And that means if you're a cop, someone could make an accusation and that's all it takes. As I stated in the opening, 330 million people in this country, give or take, 220 or so million uh, are adults, I believe. And that means that there will be interactions with police that result in death. There's no way that that number could ever go to zero unless we invent some kind of, well, unless we improve our medical technology to the point where we would consider it magical. But we could get to the point where medical tech could revive people and then we don't have to deal with this stuff. Or maybe the police get some kind of, you know, subdual system that's non-lethal and 100% effective. But for the time being, fights happen, scuffles happen, shootings happen. That doesn't mean we shouldn't have accountability. We should have accountability. Police should be held accountable. Absolutely. But you know they're going to riot. We all do. Why? They've been rioting for a year regardless of what happened. Micaiah Bryant had a knife ready to stab someone and they still riot. So what could possibly happen in this video that you think the release of the body camera footage would result in no rioting? The stupidest thing politicians could be doing is fanning the flames by engaging with extremists. They will not stop. They will not be satisfied. But in the end, let me show you the ramifications. Over in Hagerstown, Maryland, it's a a small place, not a big city, but uh, you got a lot of people who live there. Police chief details plan to combat officer shortage during this week's city council meeting. I highlight this for a few reasons. For one, it's pretty close to where I am. But more importantly, have you heard of Hagerstown? I'm sure many of you have, but it's not New York. It's not D.C. It's not a big city. It's not Chicago. It's Hagerstown. Not the smallest city in the country, but not particularly large by any stretch of the imagination. And we are seeing a police shortage. What about the bigger cities? We see this in big cities. Now we see this in small cities. The officer shortage is getting bad. And we're going to see real ramifications from this. Now, going back to November 13th, 2020, the Philadelphia Inquirer wrote, across America, cops are quitting. Here's why that's bad for public safety. It's an op-ed, but we know it's true. Across the country, police are quitting. They don't want to do a job where if they try to stop a violent criminal, they go to prison for it. Good for them. It's about time they started standing up for themselves and saying, I ain't going to go to jail for you. Now, ultimately, I think it's a problem because I think we need police. I do. But I do think it's time to accept personal responsibility. Why? For too long, people who live in big cities are effectively pampered by an active police force. Now, most people don't ever really do anything to warrant getting stopped by cops. I had lived in New York City for like five years and I had like one police interaction and it was because I called the police. They weren't particularly helpful. Actually, I was threatened by them and decided never to call them again. Not a big fan of NYPD or big metropolitan police departments, but I do recognize 
they have to deal with crime. And although I didn't have any good experiences for the most part, they still do deal with crime. That's why I'm an advocate, and I say it 50 billion times, for reform, but not abolition. Once the police are gone and law-abiding citizens just do as they're told and don't defend themselves, but the criminals have free reign, you'll see how bad things will really get. Here's a story from CNN. This is from April 3rd, 2021. The U.S. saw significant, significant crime rise across major cities in 2020, and it's not letting up. Major American cities saw a 33% increase in homicides last year as the pandemic swept across the country. 63 of the 66 largest police jurisdictions saw increases in at least one category of violent crimes in 2020, which include homicide, rape, robbery, aggravated assault, according to a report produced by the Major Cities Chiefs Association. Baltimore City, Baltimore County, and Raleigh, North Carolina did not report increases in any of the violent crime categories. Now, I can't speak for Raleigh, but for uh, Baltimore, perhaps it's because there's a cap. You know, when you don't have police doing their job, maybe crime can only get so high, I suppose. They say it's nearly impossible to attribute any year to year change in violent crime stats to any single factor. And homicides and shootings are an intensely local phenomenon that can spike for dozens of reasons. But the increase in homicide rates across the country is both historic and far reaching, as were the pandemic. Quote, the people in our communities are not desensitized to violence, said Ray Kelly, the lead community liaison for consent decree monitoring, monitoring team and the director of Citizens Policing Project and lifelong resident of West Baltimore. Every incidence of violence potentially destroys families, and we cannot confuse people's perseverance and willingness to survive as tolerance or complacency. There's a perfect storm of factors seen in reports. Experts point to a perfect storm economic collapse, social anxiety, depolicing in major cities after protests that called for abolition of police departments, shifts in police resources from neighborhoods to downtown areas because of those protests, and the release of criminal defendants pre-trial or before sentences were completed to reduce risk of COVID-19 spread in jails, all may have contributed. Let's not forget bail reform. Now, I'm a big fan of innocent until proven guilty. So I do think there's many areas where people should be released. But so long as we have many of these leftist activist policies and actions. Here we go. Depolicing. Shifts in police resources, both of which are part of abolish and defund the police movements. You have many activists saying abolish the police outright. They shouldn't exist. Okay. Well, because of that, there's been a hard defunding of police. Now, many others say, no, 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 no. Defunding police just means reallocating resources, both of which contributed to a rise in extreme, uh, to, to a rise in crime and violence. And yes, extremism led to this and it's escalating because of this. We also have a rise in gun violence. NBC News reporting that it's been up for more than a year. America is in the midst of, is in the midst of a spike in gun violence without recent precedent. Why is all this happening? It's because we have, in my opinion, identity built around political tribes, tribalism. It's not necessarily because of any one ideology, though their ideas, many of these ideas tend to be stupid. When we see someone on the left advocate for abolishing the police or defunding the police, it's because they fundamentally misunderstand what is happening in this country. Somebody who's paying attention to the news, fact checking and understanding reality probably would be of the opinion, okay, we can do with some reforms in some way. 
Some argue we don't need more police training. We need more tolerance to the fact that there will be a margin of error. But I think we just need accountability. If a cop shoots someone, release the body camera footage, maybe, depending on what happened, and then file charges if legitimately deemed appropriate. Right now, what we get is activist capitulation or capitulation to the activists. Local politicians would more than uh, would be more than happy to send a veteran police officer to prison as a criminal for defending themselves. Take Kim Potter. She's the veteran in Minneapolis who shot Dante Wright. He was resisting arrest and wanted on an aggravated robbery charge and was known to have a weapon. And he dove into his vehicle and she shot him. Now, this, the department says they think she was going for a taser and she made a mistake. Regardless, she's facing prison. I think she's facing up to like 10 years in prison for this. And I think she'll get it. I really do. Because our leaders have given up. Or we don't have leaders. We don't. There's no Republican leaders. The left wants all of this. So we will continue to move in this direction. Now, I want to show you something that's a bit of perhaps a non sequitur, but trust me, it matters. This is a story about the Oscars. And you're probably saying, Tim, what does the Oscars have to do with everything you're talking about from civil unrest to riots to policing to civil war? Oh, it has a lot. TV ratings, Oscars plummet to record low down 58% to last year. Of course, many of you might laugh. It's funny that the Oscars are flailing and failing. But this is important because we used to have a cohesive culture. Used to be that we had only a few different channels. Everybody would watch the Oscars. Then you'd go to work and what would you talk about? Yeah, you'd argue about the Oscars. People would watch the game. You'd go to work or you'd go to a friend's house and you'd argue about the game. Now, news has become our entertainment. I mean, just think about it. How many of you weren't big connoisseurs of news for a long time? Then you found something that, you know, bothered you or you were interested in. And it led you to a channel like mine, where I focus very heavily on news, conflict and crisis. Perhaps you used to be somebody who just watched football or basketball or the Oscars. Then the Oscars got woke. Then sports started telling you to, you know, reject the flag or the flag was racist or the original flag of the 13 colonies we, we couldn't allow. Start asking yourself questions. What, what's going on? Well, the internet created a space where tribal identity takes hold. These leftists who are rioting in the name of police abolition don't actually know or care. Hence, Micaiah Bryant, a woman, a, a teenager with a knife, literally seconds from thrusting that knife into somebody, getting shot and killed by police. And the media frames it as police shoot and kill teenage girl instead of police save life of woman from stabbing. Because... Social media has created tribal identity where they hate cops for the sake of hating cops, for the sake of being a part of the tribe. And now you can see what the results are going to be. They will only always be in favor of getting rid of cops or blaming cops. The media will almost always frame things that the cops are bad. And we take a look at the Oscars losing about 50, losing 58% of their ratings. Why? Well, the Oscars have sided with the establishment and woke politics, probably because they feel like it's safer. It's where brands are. They want to make money from brands, but it might not last forever. The other faction is the people watching channels like mine, and it's not really left or right. That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. It's either establishment or anti-establishment, but I don't know if there's a real parent factor or parent faction for whatever these, this conflict really is. 
It's those who pay attention and those who don't. It's people who identify with a certain tribe and those who don't. And now you can see what's going to happen. Without a shared reality and without focus on the same thing, people now show up to work. And many of the Trump supporters won't mention that they're Trump supporters or that they actually know what's happening in the world. And then when the left, the leftists come out because they're free to do so and start saying things that are nonsensical, no one challenges them. So it's partly your fault to all the Trump supporters who don't speak up and say they supported Trump or they oppose Joe Biden and woke culture. If you don't speak up, you've created a space where extremists can dominate. But regardless of that, it's due to the internet. It's due to investment. It's due to rage bait, the manipulation of emotions, and it affects the Oscars the same as anything else. The Oscars losing their ratings shows that that America is not unified in what we care about. Our culture is not unified, which brings me to what's happening in France. From the times.co.uk, Macron dismisses former general's warning of civil war in France. I know the United States is not France, but this matters. They report 20 retired, retired generals have caused a storm in France with an incendiary call for President Macron to halt the disintegration of the country at the hands of Islamists and avert civil war. Today, Macron's government condemned the appeal led by Jean-Pierre Fabre Bernadac, a retired gendarmerie general, as an echo of the attempted coup by generals against President de Gaulle 60 years ago this month. The army was angry at de Gaulle's moves towards granting Algeria, a French colony at the time, independence after a bloody civil war. The open letter to Macron, published in Valeur Actuelle, a right-wing news magazine, was signed by 80 other retired officers and strongly supported by Marine Le Pen. France is in danger. Several mortal perils are threatening her. Even in retirement, we remain soldiers of France and cannot, in the current circumstances, remain indifferent to the fate of our beautiful country. They said that France was disintegrating under the influence of left wing dogma, disintegrating with the Islamists of the hordes of the suburbs who are detaching swaths of the nation and turning them into territory subject to dogmas contrary to our constitution. Sound familiar at all. Now, maybe France is just ahead of us, and this is due to a breakdown in culture and law enforcement. France can't get a hold of autonomous zones. Now, you can talk about, you know, no-go zones, whatever you talk about. I'm not interested in talking about that conversation because, honestly, I don't know a whole lot about France. I can only say this. These generals may very well be wrong. I don't know what's happening in France, and I don't know that they've backed up a lot of their statements with facts other than their opinions. Okay. I'm sure the left will describe these people as alt-right, far-right, or whatever. The fact is, 20 retired generals and 80 retired officers or former officers are saying similar things. There's a lot of people. In the United States, what are we seeing? An autonomous zone in Minneapolis refusing to back down. Autonomous zones in many major cities. Still to this day, they exist. And what's being done about it? Nothing. Why? Because the police can't do anything about it. Police departments are breaking down. The rule of law is breaking down. And we are seeing the rise of what the New York Times called political secularism. Or I'm sorry, political sectarianism. So you've got the anti-woke left, the woke establishment left, neolibs, you've got conservatives, you've got moderates, you've got politi- you've got disaffected liberal types, you've got far right and wherever they overlap and think that they should align with each other, they do. And it results in clashes. But more importantly, we may see in this country something akin to what happened in Syria, 
Civil war will not be the far right and the far left marching at each other's throats. It will not be a new far right government of Jesus land versus the United States of Kenda. That won't happen. What could happen is, I don't know, you'll see a faction of Antifa declare an autonomous zone and the police can't do anything to stop them. They'll expand their territory and then eventually you'll get a group of conservatives or a right wing group and then they'll fight. The government will intervene and then everyone will start fighting with the cops for various territories, kind of like what we saw in Syria. Unless we do something. But what can can we do? I honestly, I honestly don't know. I, I, I genuinely, I, I have no idea. It feels like with everything happening the way it is, it's too late. I don't know when the train was detached from the engine and now it's just running away and we can't stop it. But we're at a point where too many millennials and older have built a tribalist worldview they will never let go of. And the same is true for many on the right. The problem is on the left, you have Hollywood, you have the Oscars, you have mainstream media, all adhering to a fractured, broken worldview that makes no sense. Why does it make sense that CNN constantly screams about Fox News? It doesn't. Fox News is not that big. They do it anyway. They, they, they do it anyway. Why is it that the FBI and, and, the, and these news outlets say there's no evidence that Antifa in any way was involved with January 6th. Well, perhaps just an exaggeration. There was one guy. The fair assessment is there was one guy, and I think his, biz, his partner who had been involved, this guy had been involved in Antifa protests, and he dressed up like a Trump supporter and stormed the Capitol. It happened. The media will say, no, never happened. They'll falsely frame Trump. They'll prop up Joe Biden. They will do everything in their power to silence you. And then you have big tech and censorship. This conflict keeps getting worse and you have an establishment attempt at creating a monoculture, but that's just not going to solve anything. Why? Well, the woke cult dogma of the existing monoculture, the mainstream media and the establishment Democrats is too divisive. They are trying to push wokeness, but wokeness tells everyone to hate each other. So what can we really hope for? I don't know. Classic American, uh, American classical liberalism that uh, civil rights, we all are equal under the law, under the 14th Amendment. No, we don't get that. That's not what's happening. Now, this is interesting because in France, the New York Times reported, this is back, I think, in February, February 9th, will American ideas tear France apart? Some of its leaders think so. Politicians and prominent intellectuals say social theories from the U.S. on race, gender, and post-colonialism are a threat to French identity and the French Republic. And now former generals are saying civil war is a coming. They updated the article, I guess, on April 7th. But these American ideas are absolutely tearing us apart. I don't know if there's a solution to it. It's just like dominoes falling over. But that's why I bring up France to see them say they fear civil war only a few months after they said it was ideas coming from the U.S. that are a threat to them. I think it's very likely that we are all from Europe to the U.S. on the verge of collapse, breaking apart. And then this American empire, or whatever, will fall. There's one possibility, however. I said, I don't know what to do about it. And that's true. But we're seeing this as well. From the times.co.uk as well, Marine Le Pen could win French presidency as voters turn on Emmanuel Macron. It was a poll that came out recently, I think, showing Marine Le Pen was winning in polls by leaps and bounds. Now, maybe they like, I don't know how France's elections work. It's possible she doesn't win. But Marine Le Pen has been called far right, fringe right, alt right, whatever. She represents 
a further right faction of individuals in, the, in, in, in Europe. I won't call them far right because I'm pretty sure Marine Le Pen still is for like universal health care and things like that, which is economically left. Call it whatever you want. But this could mean that in the United States, with the decay of our police departments, our social institutions, you get people begging for Donald Trump or maybe Ron DeSantis. And then come 2024, we see a major victory for a Republican. I'm not entirely convinced that'll happen. Why? Well, I thought in 2018 we'd see Republicans win. We didn't. I thought in 2020 we'd see Republicans win, and we didn't. The Republicans gained some ground, but not the majorities. So I'm not convinced the people would actually rise up and bring in a Marine Le Pen. Maybe France will. If France does when they have their election, okay. But maybe what happens is that people in this country get so scared and so fed up that at a certain point, maybe they do say, just bring on the military, bring on the authoritarianism, give me a Donald Trump, I don't care anymore. I don't know if I should keep placing my chips on that, you know, betting on that on that square or that color or whatever, you know, red or black. And I keep saying, hey, you put it all in red and then red never comes up. It could be that it's just not true. People don't care. They watch the world burn and they say, I'll take care of myself. But maybe I just called it too early. Maybe the next couple of years, people say, lock it all down and arrest them all. Maybe that's why we're seeing, I think, 35 states passing anti-riot bills. In Florida, it's a felony to block a street. Maybe they want to put people in prison because they're sick of this. And we will get our authoritarian strongmen because the left is weakening this country and destroying it. Or maybe they don't. And then we just fall apart and we get sectarian violence like we saw in Syria. The U.S. is mighty big. We already heard from back in 2020, I think it was Boston Globe reported this, New York Times as well, John Podesta and the Democrats were even advocating that the West Coast secede from the Union should Trump win. Why do you think things, things would have simmered down? By the time you watch this, maybe the body camera, body camera footage from North Carolina has been released. By the time you watch this, maybe the riots have already erupted, or maybe none of it has happened. So I can't tell you because I can't see the future. I think no matter what happens with this body camera footage, though, we're going to see more riots. The summer has not yet begun, so it'll only get worse. In which case, I can only really say stay out of the cities, protect yourselves, and cross your fingers that this new Supreme Court ruling that comes up maybe in October will grant you the right to bear arms outside your house so you can protect yourself. We'll see. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. It's a live show. Check it out. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. Portland is currently in a state of emergency. The mayor extended the state of emergency because there is fear of civil unrest in the wake of the Derek Chauvin verdict. Even though he was found guilty, the lunatics in Portland still rioted. But I'll tell you, this story we have right here from Fox News, Portland's Democratic mayor begs public to help unmask members of self-described anarchist mob. He says, I'm also asking you to help make a stand and take our city back. First, let me just say, the, 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 mere, the, the mere fact that you got elected shows the people are not interested in taking the city back from the self-described anarchist mob. They're not anarchists, by the way. They like to say that because anarchy means without authority. But these people are violent authoritarians. If they didn't have an ideology, if they were just like, no one should be in charge, woo, I'd be like, oh, OK. That's not like core ideological anarchy. It's kind of like, I don't know, blunt anarchy. When most people say anarchy, they're referring to some kind of cooperative system, be it, you know, cooperating and agreeing on working on things or, you know, capitalism and free trade. 
Now, these people aren't anarchists. Antifa is an ideologically group of typically far left authoritarians. Anyway, I digress. The fact that people voted for this man shows they don't want the city back because this has been going on for over a year now and, and, and longer than that. There have been riots and unrest in Portland for years or longer. And the people keep voting for it. This is why we can't have nice things, because people are unfortunately too stupid. They vote for someone like Ted Wheeler, even though you had alternatives. I guess they had a far left alternative. They didn't want her either. But they vote for the guy who literally supported the riots. Not exaggerating. See, Ted Wheeler went out during the riots last year and oh, no, he got tear gassed, he says. And while he's standing there supporting the extremists and they're lobbing explosives at the federal building. He's acting like it's it's a peaceful protest and the police. Oh, heavens, Trump's Trump's Gestapo. He then goes into a government building and then surprise, surprise, the moment he leaves, they say unlawful assembly declared. This guy actively supported the extremists. Why? Probably for political reasons. Now that he has his power back, now that he's he's assured he'll be, you know, he'll stay, be staying as the mayor. Now he wants people to step up. Great. Here's a story from Fox News, which goes on to explain why we can't have nice things. Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler called Friday for the city's residents to assist authorities in their efforts to unmask members of the self-described anarchist mob. What, what, what is this? What self-described anarchist mob? Sorry, no one's self-describing themselves as an anarchist mob. These people are Black Lives Matter waving Black Lives Matter flags in the streets as they engage in riots, and many of them waving the Antifa flag. He goes on to say, they've engaged in acts of violence and vandalism in recent months. Excuse me, they've been doing this for over a year. Spare me. The Democrat extended a state of emergency in Portland through Monday amid concerns about potential unrest following the trial of Derek Chauvin, the former Minneapolis officer <clears throat> that we know. Story of that. They go on to say, the Portland mayor asked the public to come forward with any information on members of the anarchist group. So uh, does this mean that Ted Wheeler is a big fan of Andy No? The city is beginning to recover, but self-described anarchists who engage in regular criminal destruction don't want things to open up to recover, Wheeler said. They want to prevent us from doing the work of making a better Portland for everyone. They want to burn. They want to bash. Why were you supporting them last year? Are you just really dumb and didn't realize that they were doing this as they were doing it? And it's only later on. Uh, I know. Tribalism. There are a lot of people who don't pay attention to politics who will vote Democrat because they hate conservatives. That is it. And the same is true for people on the right. The only issue is there's a massive propaganda network for the left. The right has what Fox News. And I love it when people are like, hey, man, you know, don't discount Fox News. <clears throat> they're, 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 they're powerful and large mainstream media. And I'm like, dude, it's one channel. Tucker Carlson gets like three million viewers. Not bad, but he's comparable to like Rachel Maddow. I, I, I people don't want to hear it, but it's, it's true. Now, Rachel Maddow, Maddow, I think for a long time was losing to Tucker, but she's getting millions of views as well. And then you've got NBC, ABC, CBS, HLN, CNN, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So sorry, the right doesn't have nearly the amount of propagandistic power that the left does. So the left complains about the right. The, these, these, these like regular people living in cities just hate conservatives. Yeah, you know what? Fine. They keep voting for people like Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham. So that I get. That's annoying. But what do the Democrats do? Support protests and riots and then come out and say, please stop the riots after you vote them in. So it's, it's, it's manipulation. It's a lie. 
They say Portland has contended with months of violent demonstrations. Months? Are you joking, Fox News? Come on. Even Fox News can't come out and be like, it's been over a year. They say uh, uh, on the previous Friday, police declared a riot amid reports of gunshots, broken windows at the First Christian Church and anti-police graffiti at the Arling Schnitzer Concert Hall, the Oregonian reported. Wheeler expressed support for Portland police to use all legal strategies to prevent further violence or property damage. Kettling, a controversial tactic in which police surround a crowd to confine one area, was one of the approved strategies. The mayor noted that local Black Lives Matter leaders have already stepped forward to denounce these self-described anarchists. You see the manipulation here? It's so annoying. These people are not self-described anarchists. They don't come out and say that. Some people might. They're not really anarchists, even if they do. But for the most part, they don't say they're anarchists. They say they're socialists. Some of them say they're outright communists. Some of them are part of the revolutionary communist movement. You see what they're trying to do here? Together, we can make a stand, Wheeler said. We're doing what we can today. I'm also asking for your help to make a stand and take our city back. Within hours of Wheeler's public plea, police declared a riot in the northeast part of the city after rioters began damaging buildings, two people were arrested. Great. This is only going to get worse. And it's, it's, it's because, look, I'm sorry, young people are being manipulated by, what's the right word? You know, look, there's a lot of people in media that are, that are, are, are political, and they, they're, they're basically stenographers for the state, or I should say for the Democratic Party. But there are a lot of people in media who are just desperate for money. They're, they're sitting there thinking like, I'll, I'll help you propagandize the youth so they burn down the country for money. The New, you know, New York news outlets hire these people and say, write psychotic psychobabble so that young people go insane. Okay, I'll tell you what happens. I think we're, I, I think we may see the police get abolished. I really genuinely mean it. We're seeing cops resign in mass in various departments and it's been ongoing for over a year and they should, they should not be standing for this. Give the voters what they asked for and stop placating these people. You see who they vote for. They vote for Ted Wheeler, a guy who literally goes out supporting riots and then coming out and condemning them. I'm sure Antifa, actually, I'm pretty sure the guy got punched in the face by Antifa because it's pretty obvious. When you're a manipulative, duplicitous liar of a politician, nobody's going to like you because you come out and say, I support the, the, the protests while they're lobbing explosives. But then you go out and declare an unlawful assembly. They're going to hate you. And for the inverted reasons, the right and moderates will hate you. So here's what bothers me. Who are these cops who are like, I'm going to stay here and support this? Why would you do that? You should leave. You should not be a part of this. The people in the city voted for this man. What is wrong with you? I'm sick of it. I've seen a lot of stories and I've gotten a lot of emails. I've had a bunch of cops emailing me saying, I hate to admit it, but you are right. Now, this is not indicative of all police. It's just a handful of emails I've gotten in the past couple of weeks where I've been saying, you know what? Fine, abolish the police department. These cops got to go somewhere else. It's two things. One, don't let them take your dignity. Stand up for yourself and say, if you don't want my support, I'm out. And the other thing, too, is they asking you to leave. Maybe you should leave. There's a viral video. It's hilarious. Dan Scavino just posted it. There's a cop and he's like sitting in his car and he goes, oh, no, you know, two, two, two guys are fighting. Two black guys are fighting with the knight, are, you know, about to get about to get stabbed. Guys about to get stabbed. Hold on. Closes the door. Then he calls LeBron James. Like, hey, LeBron. Yeah, there's there's two guys fighting. They're armed. Yeah, it's, it's two black men. What should I do? Oh, I shouldn't stop and save them. 
Really? Okay. And that's, that's the joke. But what's funny is my response to that is you're, you're, you're joking about it as if you should intervene. I said this, I said this uh, last week. A woman was killed in New York City. It was, it was a, a black woman wrapped to a black woman and, and shot her. Nobody protested. Nobody cared. It wasn't a major national story. It was picked up by some, uh, by many conservatives and many, you know, asking questions about why, it's, why there's no support for things like this. You know, moderates and disaffected liberal types like myself. And uh, nobody cared. So why would we do anything? Like if, if, if people are, if, if the city of New York is like, we're going to burn down some buildings because, you know, we need to destroy them. It's like, okay, I guess it's, it's your city. I don't live there. If I, if I did, I'd express my opinion about why I disagree. But if the city wants to go around burning down buildings, so long as they're, I mean, whatever, if everyone votes for it, then you have the story of Micaiah Bryant, which brings me to this, this segment that Bill Maher did, which I think is fascinating. Micaiah Bryant, as most of you know, she had a knife. She's trying to stab somebody. Cop saved the other woman. Everybody got mad. I'm, I'm just, I've had it. I'm just sick of these. I'm, I'm, I gotta be, I gotta be honest. You know how I'm mad at right now? I'm mad at the police. I am. Look, I've always been in favor of police reforms. I do think we have problems with police accountability issues. I don't think that every cop is bad and I don't think it's as pervasive as many on the left might think. And I think it's because manipulative media makes money off sending rage bait content about cops beating people. And I think for the most part, you know, look, almost every interaction I've had with a cop has been negative. Why? Why else would a cop be interacting with you? Okay. Even, but to be fair, this is why I'm for reform. I've had cops try and plant drugs in my car. Totally BS. I've never been a smoker or anything like that. And they, and they backed off. I've also tried to report crimes and the cops don't do their job. Negative interactions. I've had a few positive interactions. So I'm like, yeah, we need some reforms in this because, you know, we need somewhere to go to be like, hey, this bad thing happened and someone needs to do something about it. That is, you know, working in a capacity that crimes can be stopped or prevented. And so I, I do think we need we need reforms. But at this point, I'm mad at the cops because they're they're propping this system up. The people of Portland and the people of Columbus are screaming, we hate your guts. And the spineless individuals who won't do anything about it are demanding privately that the police remain. If no one is going to say what needs to be said, then the police should not be there. It's that simple. Now, interestingly, last uh, Friday, Bill Maher clashed with the Griot's April Ryan on Chauvin guilty verdict, Micaiah Bryant shooting. I love how Bill Maher is just so close to, to, to getting it right. But I think the real issue is that Bill Maher has a liberal audience and he can only say so much. Of course, Bill Maher tends to buck the orthodoxy of the woke establishment left. But still, he's too, in my opinion, either he's, he's either deceitful or just not smart enough. He can say, say, say things like the media's constant negative press about COVID is making Democrats crazy. But the constant negative press about Trump is correct. Right. I get it. You know, Trump, far from perfect. But Bill Maher cannot cross that line and say, oh, calm down a little, can't you? No, no, no. He has to, he has to, he has to do the exact same thing. Sam Harris is the same way. These are people who I think I, I don't think are stupid. In fact, they're quite smart. And I think they're just elitists who think they're smarter than you and have to use manipulation tactics to convince people of things. And maybe that's the case. Look, I got to be honest. I worked for nonprofits. I know all too well how it works with, you know, convincing people and making arguments. 
And if you come out and say you support Trump, they're not going to listen to you because they're tribalists. Maybe that's Bill Maher's strategy. Fine. I'm not a fan. I think if someone like Bill Maher came out and said, look, the guy's got problems. Okay, there's a lot to dislike about him. But the media is lying all the time. You can still support Biden and say that it's called being honest. This is fascinating. Bill Maher brings on these people onto his show. And I find it hilarious because he does not bring on honest people. He brought on one woman who said that Gina Carano was hanging out with white supremacists or whatever, some ridiculous nonsense, something like that. And Bill Maher did not push like, no, come on. I don't know about that. It depends on your definition of white supremacist. No, no, it doesn't. In no capacity is Gina Carano. You know, she's the Star Wars lady who got fired. In no way is she hanging out with white supremacists. That's psychotic. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what your definition is, because if people are, oh, my definition of blue is actually green. Okay, well, you're an idiot then. So Bill Maher is just, you know, I, I jokingly said on IRL when we had Michael Knowles on on Friday, <clears throat> I said, I'm one of the worst things for conservatives because I create a, a space for YouTube where conservatives will watch my content, disagree with me politically, but appreciate the honesty in reporting facts. And then, you know, once they ban conservatives, the idea is conservatives will stay on the platform and they can push the Overton window. I say that somewhat facetiously, but Bill Maher is like one of the worst possible things. You know, it's like he just gives the left what they want while acting like he has some kind of moral resistance to the left. Sorry, dude. This is funny. Bill Maher kicked off the Friday panel discussion refuting the notion that the Chauvin verdict was a true turning point for the U.S., arguing it's part of a trend since 2014 and listing other convictions of police officers involved in the, de- in the deaths of Laquan McDonald, Walter Scott, Botham Jean, and uh, among others. The left loves its narratives, Mark Whipped. This is something that has been changing. This is another brick in the wall that we're building. Amazing. I doubt Bill Maher actually watched the trial. Bill Maher also got the Covington kids story wrong because Bill Maher doesn't actually pay attention to the news. I can't really blame him. He's an old man. I have to imagine that he's like sitting there and he's like his eyes are half closed and he's just like, tell me what happened, young producer. And the young producer is like, um, this happened, this happened, and this happened. He goes, okay, write me a joke. And then he goes up and he has a passive understanding of it and goes blah, 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 and doesn't really understand what's going on. Because if he actually watched the criminal trial of Derek Chauvin, he would have a much more nuanced view. It's, it's, it, the criminal trials are rarely open and shut cases. Sometimes it is. Sometimes the defense will be like, we're not, we're not saying the guy didn't kill him, but we're just saying, you know, maybe he's crazy. Typically, trials are an attempt to convince a jury, in which case you should expect to get nuanced opinions. Not always. And, you know, in this case, I think the riots played a role. We've heard that from one of the jurors, turned out to be an alternate, that she was scared of the riots and didn't want to go through it again. So please, you know, I, I, I've looked at a lot of legal analysis and even among the left, they were like, did the prosecution really just say that? Whoa. And I covered this. There's no way you have those moments. And it's just like, boom, within 10 hours, guilty, legitimately. Bill Maher should know that, but he doesn't. So Bill Maher gets into this fake argument where this woman goes, it's too slow. It's too slow. And Bill Maher's arguing, but the changes are happening, bro. It's a fake argument among people pretending to be left or people pretending, you know, be liberal or whatever. This lady just needs an excuse. I think it was Lauren Southern. I didn't see the video, but I saw a a thumbnail where it said something like the guilty verdict of Derek Chauvin is a huge setback for Black Lives Matter. And it is. And here's Bill Maher saying, congratulations, you're winning. But I'll tell you this. The argument, I think, is dumb. I do think we can expect to see more violence very soon. 
We have May Day coming up. It's a major uh, leftist uh, protest holiday. But I do think Bill Maher and everything we're seeing is a really good example of how things are going to get worse. And honestly, I blame people like Bill Maher for being duplicitous and not standing up for facts and not bothering to do the work. But you know what? It don't matter. You know why? I'm sure there'll come a time where I'll end up being like Bill Maher, right? I'm 35. I don't know. What, what is he, like 60 or something? Is he, he's a boomer, I think. Maybe older than that. I don't know. Maybe he's not that old. Maybe I'm not giving him giving enough credit. I don't know how old he is. Do they say how old he is? They don't say how old he is. Okay, whatever. He's an old guy. Check this out. In this tweet, Bill Maher says on millennials and Gen Z, abolish the police, border patrol, capitalism, or cancel Lincoln. The problem isn't that I don't get what you're saying or that I'm old. The problem is that your ideas are stupid. Uh, no, the problem is that you're old. Here's what's happening. Bill Maher is the liberal. Yeah. I was having a conversation with Michael Knowles on Friday. You may know Michael. He's from the Daily, Daily Wire. And I said, here's something fascinating. When we were talking about Caitlyn Jenner, I used she, her pronouns, and Michael used he, him. And I think this was before the show we were talking about. I was like, it's kind of fascinating. But on the show, I made the same, the same point that we have a fundamental disagreement on the use of preferred pronouns. And it's obviously because I'm, you know, left-leaning libertarian, moderate, you know, I'm, I am progressive on many points and I don't pretend not to be, but the left doesn't care because I don't agree with their broken view of reality. And that's where it comes. That, that's where, that's where that's, this is the argument. Michael Knowles and I know what objective reality is. We understand that certain things are true and we may disagree on political opinion and policy ideas, but we, we, we follow the news and we follow the facts. That changes everything. Bill Maher doesn't. So I may have, you know, some progressive views and some left-leaning policy positions, but when it comes to solutions pertaining to far-left extremism, you know, Michael Knowles and I will probably agree that the riots must stop and they're bad. But if you only followed mainstream media, you'd think they were peaceful protests. You'd defend them. So this is why I say the left and the right isn't the right way to describe the culture war. It's more of you know, red pill, blue pill is probably better in the matrix, out of the matrix. I am not a conservative. Michael Knowles is. We have a conversation. We both say the rioters should be arrested and prosecuted for felony charges for all these things. We agree. And it's because we know they're rioting. We know they're setting fires. And it's because we watch the actual source material and we look for the facts. Bill Maher doesn't do that. Bill Maher does have his opinions, and he has some principles. The problem is he does not actually pay attention to the news. So here's why I bring him up in this context. Because of people like Bill Maher and these arguments, because of those who are unwilling to admit the truth, you get Mayor Ted Wheeler, you get ongoing far left riots. And where will we go in the future? Bill Maher says it's not because I'm old. In this clip, he points out that 33% of people under 35 want to abolish the police. Count me as one of them. You know why? Not for the, the, the reason the left wants. I just think it's high time we restore personal responsibility. And I'm for look, for the longest time, I was saying, you know, obviously it's insane. We want police reform. We need more funding for police. We don't want to abolish them. At this point, I'm sick of these cops covering for people like Bill Maher. Bill Maher is the reason abolish the police can even exist. It's, it's his unwillingness to actually look at the news and be discerning. He does a better job than most. I'm not trying to be too harsh on the guy. A better job than most, but not good enough, I guess. 
Too many of these leftists, I should say, I'm sorry, too many of these liberals in places like Portland don't actually follow the news and they eat up the propaganda from mainstream news sources. You'll see a video of a Black Lives Matter activist saying, we will never be satisfied and we will take more. That will be, that will be laundered through mainstream media. And then some regular Portlandian who's not paying attention will be like, I don't know, whatever. I just vote Democrat. You know, the, the, I, I didn't hear that. That didn't happen. Hey, what about the 30, you know, 30 people who are dead? I don't know about all that's not true. It's the far right that we're worried about. How many people have uh, how many how many people have died from far right terror in the past year? In the past year, I'm pretty sure the riots have a higher death toll. And so both are bad. Don't get me wrong. But it's people like Bill Maher that are allowing young people to be dumb because there's no principled people on the left standing up and saying no. Now, again, you might argue but Bill Maher is, is opening the door, opening the window for many of these people who don't normally pay attention. If he comes out and says Trump isn't that bad and the media is lying, then they won't believe him anymore. No, 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 no. If every single individual who wanted to call the media did, it would be over in a, in a night. It's just done. There are too many celebrities who secretly are like, I know Trump's not that bad, but I won't say it. I'm scared. There are too many celebrities who support Trump or his ideas and won't say it because they're scared. Yeah, too bad. Here's what's going to happen. Young people are in favor of abolishing the police to a high percentage, a third, under 35. And it's probably even higher if you're under 24. So then what happens? Eh, the police will get abolished. And you know what? I don't care. Why? I live in the middle of nowhere. I got, I got weapons. I can defend myself. And I think cops should, should get that message. If they're telling you to stop protecting their neighborhoods, stop doing it. I am sick of these cops in Portland. I'm sick of them. It's, there's no excuse for this. Ted Wheeler joined the riots. Now he's saying, oh, now, now that I have power, he is mocking you and spitting in your face to get power from these people. He threw you under the bus to get votes. And once he got him, now he comes crawling back, begging for your help. And if you give it to him, you're a loser. Sorry. Imagine living on your knees to someone like Ted Wheeler and begging him. I just love, love licking your feet. It's such pathetic BS. So no, I don't have sympathy for these cops. I'm sorry. Now, there are a lot of cops who still work at departments. They ain't that bad. I get emails from a lot of these cops and they're saying, you're right, I have to leave, you know, but I don't know where I can work. And I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, man. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just fed up with these guys in Portland going out night after night, arresting rioters, and then having the district attorney let them go. And then Ted Wheeler exploits them says the riots are good. Vote for me. And uh, I'm speaking figuratively and literally say that he joins in. And then he, he says, oh, the policing is bad. Oh, it's so violent. We're going to do something about this. Then he wins off of the back of these police officers and then looks the cops in the eyes and smirk and says, do your job. Drop to your knees and lick my feet. And the cops go, OK, that's pathetic. It's pathetic. So that's why I'm mad at these cops, because at any point they could have said, you will not treat us this way and we won't stand for it. Look, I think police departments need reform. I get all that. I don't think every single cop is a good person. I think there's a lot of a lot of a lot of bad people. I also think it's a pretty difficult position to be in when half the people think one law shouldn't be and half the people think it should be. And then you're like, what do I do? It's complicated. I get that. But imagine being such a spineless coward that when Ted Wheeler exploits you so that he can win an election, 
spitting in your face, now comes back smirking, in your, smirking at you and saying, <laughs> shut up and do what you're told. And imagine being so pathetic that you do it. Sorry. My defense of the police went so far as that we need, we need, we need more funding for cops. We do. We need specialized police officers. Cops are not doctors. Cops are not psychologists. But how about we have specialized units, which means more money. You're going to have your standard, you know, a patrol officer. And then maybe you have like a psychological operations officers. They get called out when there's a mental health episode or one of one specialist comes out with some regular cops, some regular patrol officers. We just need better specialties among policing, which means more funding. And I'm not going to expect a regular cop to know all of these things. Cops ain't perfect. The police, the policing system in this country is far from it. The criminal justice system is really good in a lot of ways, but it's got a, we got a lot of work to do. It's one of the best in the world. That's a fact. Our prison system can do with a major overhaul. I'm just sick and tired of these cops being like, I'm going to stay and allow people like Ted Wheeler to keep wielding the power they wield. Because if every one of these cops just said no and walked away, you would see how quickly people like Ted Wheeler lose power and the left would love it. But you know what? Why should anyone who doesn't live in these places care? And if you do, why do you keep living there and funding these people with your taxpayer dollars? I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm sick of people who won't stand up for themselves. I'm sick of seeing people say, but it's safer for me to just keep the job. It's like, OK, well, then I, I hope it was worth having everything decay and burn down around you. And I hope I, I hope you, you understand what you're leaving for your children. Maybe it's easy for me to say I don't have kids. I get that. I moved to the middle of nowhere. It wasn't the easiest thing in the world, but I decided to get away from the cities for these reasons. And I will speak up and speak out. Ain't no one going to accuse me of not speaking up about this like so many other people. No, I do it all day, every day. And you know what? There's always great risk. There are certain companies that don't want to sponsor or be, sponsor my, my, my company or my shows or be involved. I don't care because I would rather I would rather die on my feet than live on my knees. I would rather be living in squalor, wearing rags and fishing with a stick in the middle of nowhere than dropping than be, than be dropping to my knees for someone like Ted Wheeler to lick his feet. And these cops do it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Baby boy is murdered after ultra-woke San Francisco District Attorney Chesa Bowden lets his killer go free twice after domestic violence allegations. The story is infuriating. It's absolutely infuriating. We've seen a lot from the left about cashless bail and letting criminals go. And, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. It is. Because I'm absolutely a, a constitutionalist. You, you're innocent until proven guilty. I don't like the idea of locking up people simply because they're poor. But we have our limits. And I'll explain this. But first, I've been talking a lot about police resignations. The police have been facing substantial indignity from local elected officials. Ted Wheeler yelling, you, you must help us get these, these anarchists. You mean Antifa? Well, he supported them last year, spitting in the face of the officers desperately trying to stop the extremists. The cops are told you must stop them. They say, OK, but then it goes to the district attorneys. These are the ones letting these people go free. Now, Daily Mail says this guy is ultra woke who let this domestic abuser go. I am somebody who is of the of the opinion you're innocent until proven guilty, but I have a limit. I do not believe these these leftist woke district attorneys actually care about the Constitution 
Obviously, they don't. What they're doing here is pushing their identitarian ideology. The reason they're saying cashless bail is because they're predominantly trying to get, well, they're trying to get certain uh, individuals based on identity released, or at least that's how it feels. I don't think they actually care about poor people. I think they care about their tribe winning and gaining power, which means if you agree with them, they will give you political favors. And this is where it leaves us. A baby murdered. I mean, it's simple. This, this DA is like, well, you know, I, I just couldn't hold him. Apparently, there's special rules. You can hold people when they're accused of domestic abuse. I'm not the biggest fan, right? So listen, if somebody is accused by somebody else, an accusation is not enough. I don't care if it's domestic abuse or bank robbery. We have a, we have a right to confront our accusers, and we're innocent until proven guilty. But I also think there are lines. We are not an absolutist society. We recognize, okay, maybe in the event of domestic violence, we're going to say, sorry, buddy, it's going to be you know a couple of days. Or at the very least, we're going to relocate you somewhere else, put you on an ankle monitor. You got to stay away from your house. It is difficult how you balance freedom with protecting the vulnerable. This is the story we get. Here's the news. A San Francisco man allegedly murdered a seven-month-old seven baby. After the city's scandal hit district attorney twice failed to charge him with domestic violence, Joseph Williams, 26, was charged over the death of Sincere Williams after the infant arrived at a California Pacific Medical Center showing signs of severe trauma last week. Police admitted Williams, said to have been caring for the baby at the time of the murder, had been arrested twice in separate domestic violence incidents in January and March of this year, but he did not face charges from either incident. D.A. Bowden claimed they had been unable to book Williams for the assault because the alleged victim who he was in a relationship with had not wanted to file charges. I, I understand that. There was no accused. If the person won't speak up and there's no witness, what do you do? It's tough. I got to admit, it, it is tough. But California state law considers domestic violence a crime against the state, with campaigners saying it was Bowden's duty to find a way to make a case stick. I'm not a fan of that. I understand the problem we have here, and I don't like these DAs, but we have to balance freedom and security. This is a challenge. I want to believe there should have been a way he could have kept this guy locked up or away. And maybe this once again just falls on police. I honestly just don't know. But the reason I bring this up is that if the police can arrest someone on more than one occasion, why isn't the word of the cop at least enough to hold someone? And if that's true, then maybe it really was the DA's fault. And we have these stories from Portland and other jurisdictions. I mean, all over the country, honestly, where the police do make the arrests. They do give statements and it's not enough. The DA's cut them loose and say, too bad. And then you get a dead baby. It's messed up stuff. Life isn't easy. Figuring out where we draw the line is not easy. And everyone has different opinions. They say, Bowden's comment angered domestic violence advocates in San Francisco who say the DA fundamentally misunderstood the nature of family violence cases. Bowden's decision also came under fire from Caitlyn Jenner, who was running to unseat governor of California, Kevin Newsom, after she claimed the Golden State's prosecutors were being too soft on criminals. That is a fact. I think these cops should resign. I am sick. I'm sick of hearing these stories. Just stop already. These psychopaths, these ultra woke DAs who are letting the extremists go can only keep doing this so long as there are police to enforce this and prop up this system. Now, I understand 
without the police, guess what? It'll get worse. Yeah, people don't want to admit it. Just because you don't call the police all the time doesn't mean there aren't lots of calls to the police all the time. I personally don't call the police all the time, but I have called the police before. We complain about response times, but I assure you, there are many people every single day who have police come in and break up fights and save people from domestic abuse, stop crimes in progress. That's why they have sirens. The problem is there are too many people who don't understand this and are willing to sit back and let the system keep on a churning as babies are now being killed by domestic abusers because the police did what they had to, but the DA did not. And they blame the cops. They blame the police for all of this. I mean, I saw, I see, I see these videos. I saw a viral video the other day of, you know, some motorists. It was a black family and they waved down the police. The cops come, they take the baby and they save the baby's life. Baby was choking. I think it was a hairpin. I don't know if you saw that story. And these stories, they go viral sometimes, but there are many people from many media outs who are invested in just making the police the villains. So when the police are literally the ones who save the, the mother and the baby from a domestic abuser, and it's the district attorney who doesn't do their job then what do we do? Well, listen, I'm of the, the position right now. I get the cops are going to want to intervene and say, we're going to at least do our best to stop these people and stop this guy. But I think the cops are now just propping up a broken system that allows these people to, to, to go free and doesn't do anything. It does not do anything. And it's time to, it's time to reject this. Now I'll tell you about it. I, I, I got some ideas. I do. Let's read a little bit more. They say, she shared a journalist's tweet about the story and captioned it. This is a horrible, and also, this is Caitlyn Jenner, also avoidable. Gavin's district attorneys across California are releasing dangerous criminals back onto our streets. Enough is enough. Gavin's district attorneys across California. Oh, so they repeated it. Yeah. Kathy Black, an executive director of La Casa de la Madres, a shelter for domestic violence victims in the city, told the San Francisco Chronicle, the failure to charge Williams after either of his previous arrests showed Bowden's complete lack of understanding of family violence. Domestic violence is a crime against the state of California, and the district attorney's job is to work with what the police department had gathered at the crime scene and develop the evidence to present a case. That is correct. I am not blaming the police on this one. I'm actually grateful the police were there to, 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 uh, to, to arrest this guy twice. The point I'm bringing up is at a certain point, we need our officers to say enough is enough. The system is broken and we can't do our jobs. And, and, and then... I don't know. You don't get the DAs out like just so easily. A lot of people are worried there's gonna be a federalization of police. I don't think so. I really don't. There's not enough feds. It won't happen. What needs to happen is a return to personal responsibility. I don't have all the answers. I just know that what's happening right now is broken and it is hobbling just down the road because there are still police doing these things. I get it. A lot of people told me I'm wrong and they said there are cops who don't care about the politics. They're going to save lives. You're right. 100%. Sounds like these cops were doing just that twice. And the DA would not bring charges and a baby lost, lost, lost his life. A human being died, a baby. And it's because this woke DA doesn't want to enforce anything. Where's, where's the social justice in that? I think it's time we have our cops say, if you will not do our jobs, then why are we here? We're going to, to protect those that we care about and we're not going to do it through this broken system. I don't know what the answer is, but I can tell you right now, if I want to defend myself, I have to consider that some of these cops would even arrest me. 
I live in a place where I can, I have constitutional carry. However, I work often in places where you can't, close to the state line, right? Why do I have to worry about police officers who have no ability to stop a criminal like this, but they do have the ability to stop me from protecting myself and my family? Think about this in California, this domestic violence. What if we just respected the right of people to keep and bear arms? I'm not a big fan of the police department for one simple reason. And this was brought brought up to me by Michael Malice on my show. He said, I have a right to keep and bear arms. But in New York, a police officer has no problem arresting me and violating the Constitution to enforce unconstitutional law or illegal law or whatever. He's right. He's right. Therein lies the big problem for me. This guy was arrested. It's a good thing from the cop. What's not a good thing? These cops who arrest people for keeping and bearing arms. You can't have it both ways. Right now, we have a half-assed, broken system where the cop can make the arrest and the DEA will do nothing. So I would like these officers to please step out of the way. Allow me to protect myself as the, as the Constitution requires. But now, I'll, listen, I'm not saying that, you know, anyone should break any laws. I'm just saying we need the Supreme Court to rule on this. If the police can't do their jobs because the DA's office is broken, then we need to have these states where they say you can't bear arms, even though you're constitutionally allowed to, to back off and allow us to protect ourselves. Well, we're, we've, we've got some news here. Supreme Court to hear major gun case on concealed firearms, the breaking news. It's very, it's very simple. They agreed Monday to review a New York law that limits carrying concealed outside of the home, potentially loosening gun laws nationwide in the first major 2A case since 2010. Second Amendment could issue a ruling that allows us to concealed carry across the country without a permit. They should. We should be allowed to do this. And I know a lot of people are saying, but, 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 but if you do that, then there are more criminals and guns. And let me just stop you right there. I am sick of the lies. The police couldn't stop this domestic abuser who murdered a baby. If I was standing in a room and someone was going to kill a baby, I would act in defense of others. And I'm sure you would, too. The problem is in places like New York and California, we have police who are willing to do the job to save the baby, but the DA unwilling to do anything about it. It's about time Supreme Court ruled we can defend ourselves and we restore some of that personal responsibility. And with no respect to officers who would violate my constitutional rights, I will say I have a right to keep and bear arms. But with respect to the officers and maybe the same people who would try to save a baby, I understand what you're trying to do. And that's why I say I recognize the difficulties. You want to enforce the law neutrally, but half the people agree and half the people don't. Maybe the Constitution should be your guide. Still, it doesn't change the fact that in these jurisdictions, they are restricting people's rights to keep and bear arms. So I want to, I want to, I want to highlight this story to prove my point. Retired NYPD cop 30 is shot by stray bullet leaving a Brooklyn party as 15 people are shot across NYC on Saturday as shootings spiral by 77%. This is the first thing I'll tell you right here. This is amazing. A retired NYPD police officer, 30. Retiring at 30 from the NYPD. I wonder why. And he got shot as he was leaving a party in Red Hook, a neighborhood in Brooklyn around 1130 p.m. Uh, Police sources told the New York Post the unnamed ex-officer 30 was leaving a party in Red Hook when she heard gunshots and realized she had been hit in the stomach by a stray bullet. The shooting is believed to have broken out after a group of men were turned away from the party, which was being held at an event space called The View on top of the Tesla dealership. They got angry and started fighting nearby before the shooting, 
the New York Daily News reported. Nobody else was hit by the gunfire, and there have been no arrests. Retired officer in New York. Okay. So when they say, you know, the, 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 the corporate liberal, you know, neoliberal whatevers are like, you shouldn't have guns. Why? The criminals do. So we can't protect ourselves. Think about what this is. They want to put in power weakened district attorneys. They then want to take your guns away. Okay. I think we're starting to get it. So the cops are going to quit because they're either going to abolish the police, defund the police, or the cops will be demoralized. Then they're going to tell you you can't have weapons. Well, you can't have both. You can't. Here's the issue, though. Even if the cops stop showing up, do you think people, law-abiding citizens, will break the law? I don't think so. They'll start to, maybe, in greater numbers. So New York says you can't have guns. Criminals don't care. They'll shoot somebody. They'll shoot a cop in the gut anyway. If the police stop showing up, this 30-year-old who retired, the criminals will still have guns. You'll have no police to help you. And law-abiding citizens probably still won't buy guns. Therein lies the big problem. So how do, how, what do we do here? I think we're going to need the Supreme Court to intervene. I think we're going to need the Supreme Court to say, you have a right to keep and bear arms, and you can concealed carry in public without a permit. That would be amazing. And I will mention, the big problem we have when it comes to guns is a lack of personal responsibility. You have people who are shooting irresponsibly, and they need to be held responsible for whatever comes out of that gun. And the same is true for anyone who would defend themselves. In New York City, this cop should have been able to be armed to stop these guys, maybe return fire, but I don't know. It's simple. People are worried that if you have guns and you're in New York, there's too many people. Okay. Then you're responsible for shooting that gun. And maybe you won't want to unless you have no choice. Maybe if people had a right to defend themselves and the cops weren't going around and arresting people for doing so, we'd have less stories like this. Criminals would be less inclined to shoot randomly at people because they know they might get shot themselves. They say an armed society is a polite society. Maybe a domestic abuser would be less, less inclined to beat a baby to death if the mother was armed and able to protect herself and said, stay away from my son. Maybe the problem is that police will arrest you and law-abiding citizens won't break that law. And this just means that criminals will get away with it. And then the left installs these progressive district attorneys. And they won't prosecute. We can't have it both ways. So, look. Here's, here, this is my, my, my opinion has been this for the past several weeks. By all means, abolish the police, fine, whatever. I should have a right to keep in bare arms. And we're getting close to this. And I'm hoping that the Supreme Court's rules, we can conceal carry because then it's fine. Don't care, abolish the cops, whatever. We can now conceal carry. I ain't, I'm not worried about it. I'm not going to call the police when I have a problem. I'm going to protect myself. You don't want to deal with the legal issues and you don't want to hurt anybody. That's a fact. Sometimes you have no choice but to deal with legal issues and to hurt somebody if they're going to hurt you. It's a sad reality of life. But ensuring that the police are the only ones who are going to have guns and that DAs won't prosecute criminals, what are we doing? What's the point of any of it? The police won't stand up for themselves in many instances. Many will. But we got to be able to protect ourselves. The Daily Mail goes on to say, showing a bunch of photos from New York, police said the woman was rushed to Brooklyn Methodist Hospital, where she is expected to recover. She left the NYPD in 2019 after seven years in the job. She just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. 
The former cop was one of 15 people who were shot in 14 incidents in the Big Apple on Saturday. The New York Post reported only one person was shot on April 24th, 2020, during the emergence of the pandemic. 77% increase in shootings and guns are still illegal. So maybe that ain't it. Maybe the cops can't do their jobs anymore. Maybe they're, they're having tactics taken away from them. They can't employ certain maneuvers anymore. So now all they have are guns. They don't want to use those, but the DA won't prosecute anyway in other places as well. And crime is skyrocketing regardless. So you're gonna have to tell me how you want to ban guns and the police at the same time. Because do you want like gangbangers to be going around shooting people? I guess so. I guess so. And then what happens? More death and more destruction. This is why I've been saying for some time, you need to get out of the cities. That's why other people have been saying the same thing. It's time to get out of the cities. The actual left, the leftists and the right agree. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. But these corporate neo-lib Democrat types in cities like New York will simultaneously defund the police because it's a fun tribal issue. And then they will take your guns away as well. How stupid is this? You don't want to stick around, man, because it's going to happen again. Three deputies resign, seven on leave following fatal police shooting in Elizabeth City, Sheriff says. At the time of uh, you're watching this, they probably are already released the body camera footage. We're probably going to see more riots. We're probably going to see far left extremists going around, setting buildings on fire, beating people. And we're probably going to see more people die in the, in the aftermath. And the police will arrest you if you want to defend yourself. So that's what I have no sympathy for, for a lot of these cops, especially right now. I can respect them for the, you know, the indignity, but I, I think they should resign for a variety of reasons. We cannot be a nation that sits back while riots are destroying everything and we can't protect ourselves. The only thing you can do right now is get away from these cities. If you don't want to be a, a criminal and you want to be a law abiding citizen, then you can't stay because the criminals are getting free reign. Babies are being murdered. DAs won't prosecute. They're cutting people loose and the cops will arrest you in seconds. The moment they see you bearing arms in one of these blue cities. Maybe we'll get uh, some crazy ruling from the Supreme Court and it'll all change. Maybe the police will be completely abolished and people will get out of cities. Maybe this will destabilize and decentralize things. I don't know. I do think it's going to contribute to the potential for a civil war. If the police are, are gone, they're, they're facing shortages in Baltimore. If no one can enforce gun laws, then you will eventually start seeing conservatives saying, screw it, I'm not going to be a target. Many on the left will say, screw it, we want a revolution. And the criminals will say, screw it, we're going to take guns. And then you're going to see people on the right saying, I will protect myself. And then the shooting begins. Then for a lot of reasons, people will start fighting because there's no police force telling everyone to shut up. The only problem now is that the cops seem to, you know, have shown the conservatives they won't defend those who defend the police. They don't care. They don't. They're not getting the job done. I'm worried about what's going to happen next, but I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.